and originally planned to just wrap up the study on the Beatitudes, but it isn't doing the Scripture justice to do that. The Lord spelled out the character that he expected his followers to have. And if that character is in our lives as children of his kingdom, he wants us then to take that character and to sweep through the world with that character and be two things that he mentioned to us. This morning we're going to look at the first one, salt, and tonight we'll look at the second one, light. A number of years ago we were on vacation and visited a a candy store and um, they had sea salt caramel. And I thought, I don't know, but we tried it. Now, whenever I see anything sea salt caramel, sea salt caramel ice cream, I buy it, okay? Sea salt caramel, you name it. It is, it is good. Any of you concur with that? Okay, yeah, there's some wise people here today, all right? And initially, I'd never heard of it. Initially, I thought, I don't know. You know, salt, I like salt on popcorn. Um, Honestly, popcorn is a vehicle to allow us to enjoy butter and salt. Honestly, you don't eat popcorn if it doesn't have butter or salt, do you? How many of you eat plain popcorn? There, I feel sorry for you. You might do it for health reasons, but I'd, I'd rather, never mind, okay? <laughs> salt is very, very important. And Jesus, after he taught on the Beatitudes and, and said, these are the characteristics that are in followers of me, and if you have those, you may face persecution, But he said, rejoice, because you are identifying with those that have gone before you, and it shows you are a child of me. And then he goes on and he says, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. When he identified these that were listening to him, the followers of him, and it spelled out the the character of them, and then he said, you are the salt of the earth. They knew exactly what what he was referring to. I mean, we understand salt to a certain degree, but... They understood the fullness of what he was saying. They didn't have refrigerators to to keep things in, in in the land that he was speaking. They weren't able to go out like my grandfather did in in the middle of the winter and cut big chunks of ice out of the pond and the lake and take it into their underground place where they 
buried ice and then put their food that they wanted to store in there and then covered it with ice again. They didn't have that opportunity. So they used salt to preserve. They understood the ramifications of salt. And we want to just remind ourselves and make some applications today in regard to things that maybe we take for granted or don't understand or don't realize that they did when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Salt, number one, prevents decay. Salt retards bacteria and the spread of decay. When Jesus said to them, you are the salt of the earth, he was giving them their standing orders. You are called upon to be an element in this world that would stop decay, that would prevent the falling away. Our culture is simply doing what comes naturally. It is rotting because there is no preservative. We'll touch on it later. Either the salt is not present or the salt has lost his saltiness. But you can't blame unsalted meat for going bad. In other words, we can't blame the world for being the world. What stops the decay? What stops the rotting? Salt is used to prevent decay. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, um, Paul was writing and dealing with some prophetic things. And he said to them, the Holy Spirit who dwells within you is the one who is holding back evil. He is preventing decay when the Holy Spirit, as believers, are taken to be with the Lord, and the restrainer, the one who holds back evil, is removed, then literally evil will abound everywhere. Again, the working of God as the salt is preventing evil. It is holding back decay. That's one of the things. And, and when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, they, immediate, they immediately understood that. That, okay, salt prevents decay. <clears throat> they also understood, and we relate to this, salt enhances flavor. Salt brings out the real flavor. Um, there ought to be flavor The Scottish will translate this. If the salt has lost his tang, we think of tang as the artificial orange drink that you mix, okay? But it's, it, if it's lost its, its life, if it's lost its, its power, salt is used to add flavor, to bring a zest, And as Jesus said to them, you are the salt of the earth. They understood, okay, part of our ministry is to stop the decay. But part of our ministry 
is to bring out the real meaning and the fullness of life. Even after Constantine had made Christianity, we're broadly speaking there, the religion of the Roman Empire, there came to the throne of the empire a man by the name of Julian who wished to turn the clock back and bring back the old gods. And his complaint was this. Have you looked at these Christians closely? Hollow-eyed, pale-cheeked, they brood their lives away, unspurred by ambition. The sun shines for them, but they do not see it. The earth offers them its fullness, but they desire it not. All their desire is to renounce and to suffer that they may come to die. What was he saying? He looked at Christians and he said, I see nothing in them that I desire. They're sad-faced. The sun shines, but they don't enjoy the sunshine. Life offers them fullness, but they desire that not. Oliver Wendell Holmes once said, I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not acted and looked so much like undertakers. Sorry about that, Dave, but you can take that up with him. That is a sad commentary. And you know what? There should be no one that has more flavor in life, more zest in life, more joy in life than followers of Jesus Christ. And sad to say, we have failed in being the salt of the earth. We have failed to hold back evil. We have failed to add flavor to life. And it is important that we understand, wait a minute, you know, there's nothing like putting a good steak on the grill and adding some seasoning salt on that. And some of you are already dreaming of lunch, aren't you, all right? What? It it brings out the flavor. It adds It enhances. Our Christian lives should be such. We are the salt of the earth. We should should be an example. This is what the fullness of life that God intended. I'm not talking in in your possessions. I'm not talking in, in your fame. I'm talking in the character of life that... In the midst of difficulties, I can still have joy and, and I, can, I can have the enjoyment of Christ in my life at all times. And I don't need to be controlled by my circumstances or what's around me. Our main trouble today, someone said, is not that our doctrine is false, but that our experience is flat. And sad to say, that's true. I mean, <laughs> around our house, we've quit. We used to buy two liters of um, pop, okay, and and it wouldn't it wouldn't last long at all. Like one time around to everybody, and it'd be gone, you know. 
Well, now we buy two liters and we don't drink a whole and, and it ends up flat. You know what it's like when you open it up and first of all, you don't hear it go. And then you, there's nothing like drinking flat pop. All right. I think the world's been drinking or we've been trying to feed the world flat Christianity. There's no joy in it. There's no fizz in it. There's, there's nothing that's desirous. And he said, you are the salt of the earth. And they immediately, they, they could understand that it's to hold back evil and it's to enhance flavor. It's to bring out the best of things. And they also understood that salt is essential to life. We don't have time to go into the history of it, but um, Roman soldiers were often paid in salt. That's where we get our term salary. Are you on salary? It, it, that all goes back to payment of, to Roman soldiers. They were paid in salt, and they understood the value of it. It's necessary for muscle contraction, the hundreds of thousands of contractions of your heart are directly related to salt. It maintains the nervous system and your impulses. Without salt, your blood vessels would collapse. Your kidneys would malfunction. We could go into convulsions, paralysis, and finally die. We, um, we don't realize how essential it is to life, whether you add salt, most everything we eat has so much salt in it anyway. But we had an adopted grandmother in Livingston, Montana that um, grew up in Latvia. And in World War II, she said, I remember walking two miles to get a little cup full of salt. Why? They knew it was necessary for life. And in understanding, ye are the salt of the earth. Those that do not hear the gospel will perish. And believers are essential to get the gospel to them. Pastor Paul from Kenya, a Kenyan, told of a missionary couple that had served 15 years among a particular people group in Kenya without seeing any outward response. 15 years and not one response. He said they labored faithfully among the people, serving the people, teaching the gospel, doing all that they could to set Christ before them, but no one responded. A couple days after their departure, the missionaries made two gardeners and the milkman converged upon the empty house and related how they missed these Christians. 
They all wept with a sense of loss and reflected upon what they saw in them and, and what they had been taught by them. And one by one, they called upon the Lord coming to faith in Jesus Christ. The church among that group of people was born without a missionary present but with the presence of salt and light from a Christian family that quietly and consistently presented Christ for 15 years. There had to be something in their life that held back evil. There had to be something in their life that added flavor. There had to be something in their life That when it was gone, made the others desire it, and it ended up bringing them to life. Salt is essential to life. It It doesn't matter what laws are made. It doesn't matter what reformations are made. Unless people come to Christ, there is no life. And in understanding... We are the salt of the earth, so we must bring the salt to others. It's essential for life. And just the fourth thing that we want to mention, it stimulates thirst. In our brain, the hypothalamus monitors the fluids of the body. When we eat salty food, it sends a sensation to the brain that We need some fluids added to this. When people are around Christians, they should begin to thirst after God. It should create a desire that, what is it that you have? How how do you have a marriage like this? And, And why are you able to respond to this? tough situation in life, the way you are, it should create a thirst. But notice in Matthew chapter 5, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Salt can become worthless. We don't understand that because our salt has been mined and purified and the impurities have been removed from the salt that we use. But when salt is mixed with impurities, it loses its saltiness. And he said, it is good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Let me ask you a question. We're seeing increased um, disregard for the gospel, increased disregard for, for churches. Is it because we have lost our savor and we are now being thrown out and trodden under the foot of men? When we lose our savor, it is because we're mixed with impurities. When God's followers take on the characteristics of the world, 
we lose our savor. We lose our power. We lose our effectiveness. We're mixed with impurities. Many times it's very hard to tell the difference between believers and unbelievers because there's so much of the impurities mixed. Salt becomes worthless, number one, when it's mixed with impurities, number two, when it is not distributed. Salt cannot work until it comes in contact with something. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, we think of it as the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In light of what we're talking about here in salt, he's saying take the salt shaker and start shaking it and put the salt in contact with the world to have an impact. It can't hold back of the decay of meat unless it comes in contact with it. And it is important for us to understand that he hasn't called us. We're in the salt shaker right now. Do you understand that? Here today is the salt shaker. Maybe we ought to rename the church, call it salt shaker, okay? But generally speaking, we're gathered here today as believers. We're in the salt shaker. But we're supposed to go out and we're supposed to make a difference in the lives that we touch, because we're adding flavor, we're holding back evil, we're making a difference. It's important that we understand that and that we're essential for life. God will allow the world to trample Christians underfoot when we don't do our job. When, we, when we're not being salty... What's the use of keeping it? And in understanding the reality, ask yourself, who is there in my life that I am touching, that I am being an influence to hold back evil, that I am adding flavor and showing them the joy, that I am trying to bring light, that I am creating thirst? Who is there? And and honestly... It's important that we understand why we're left here. We're not left here to just gather in a group and sing praises to God. We'll be doing that in heaven, okay? We're left here to be salt. You are the salt of the earth. We're left here to give hope to people. We're left here to bring life to people. We're left here to model a fullness of life. Is that what we're known for? So let me just quickly, how to be salty. When back in my day, you know, every, every, ter- every age has certain terms that they use. Groovy. Cherry. How many of you remember cherry? Cherry, that car. Cherry, right? Yeah. I won't explain it all, but that meant that was a sharp car, you know. In wrestling, if a guy was really good, we'd say, he is salty. That guy is salty. That meant 
he had some vim and vigor, and he would get it done, and you better be ready. How many of you have heard the term, he is not worth his salt? How many of you have ever heard that? That goes directly back to the Roman Empire when they paid their soldiers in salt. And what they're saying is, he's not worth his pay. That's the term. So I hope that's not all you take out of this this morning, okay? But we ought to desire to be salty so that that someone would say, he's salty. Well, how to be salty? Number one, you must be born again. You must have come to Christ. We have nothing in ourselves that can make us the salt of the earth. It is only Christ in us, and we'll touch on this more tonight. But there must be a time when the decay in us is completely arrested. We're born into this world as sinners. We're prone to live in sin, and we specialize in dressing up our sin and making it look respectable. But there must come a time in our life where we realize, God, I am a sinner I have violated your law, and I deserve your judgment, but I plead your mercies in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I claim his payment for my sin. And that is when we become the salt of the earth. We have that great potential there. Christ liveth in me. Secondly, you must be separated from sin unto God. Separated from sin unto God. A famous Baptist preacher named George Truett said, You are either being corrupted by the world or you are salting it. So, we must be separated from sin, avoid the impurities, but it's very important you get this second part, and separated unto God. Here's the problem. We've got Christians that separate, well, we have some Christians that don't separate from sin, others that separate from sin. I don't do that, I don't do that, I don't do that. And they're the ones that nobody wants to be like. Because they haven't been separated unto God. Just because you don't do certain things doesn't mean you're godly. And for too long in Christianity, we've emphasized the separation from sin, but we haven't emphasized the separation unto God of building our relationship with God, that God, you are my life, you are my love, you are my all, and we haven't enjoyed his presence. So you know what? If we don't separate unto God, we will not add flavor to anyone's life. We won't bring life. Christians impact society because they are different. I don't mean weird or bizarre, but they're distinct. They live for the kingdom of God. That's a whole different priority system, a whole different reality. So to be salty, you need to be saved. You need to be separated from sin unto God. And then 
Thirdly, you need to be in contact with the world. Get out of the salt shaker. A.T. Pearson said, we are not responsible for conversion, but we are responsible for contact. We can't convert anyone. But we are responsible to be brought in contact with them. President Woodrow Woodrow Wilson told the story of being in a barber shop one time. He said, and this is a quote, I was sitting in a barber chair when I became aware that a powerful personality had entered the room. A man had come quietly in upon the same errand as myself to have his hair cut and sat in the chair next to me. Every word the man uttered, though it was not in the least didactic, how many of you know what didactic means? A few of you do. I didn't. I had to look it up. Even though it was not in the least didactic, meaning intending to teach, so he wasn't purposefully teaching, he showed a personal interest in the man who was serving him. And before I got through with what was being done to me, President Wilson said, I was aware I had attended an evangelistic service because D.L. Moody was in that chair. I purposely lingered in the room after he had left and noted the singular effect that his visit had brought upon the barber shop. They talked in undertones. They did not know his name, but they knew something had elevated their thoughts And I felt that I left that place as I should have left a place of worship. In getting a haircut. D.L. Moody didn't come in and say, all right, sit down, I'm going to teach you a lesson. He came in contact with the world and his life made a difference. To President Woodrow Wilson by the nature, by the conversation. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation, your your behavior always be seasoned with, with grace, seasoned with salt. Meaning it holds back evil. That it brings out the flavor. That it shows the reality of life and it creates a thirst. But let me ask you, When does your life ever come in contact with unsaved? And is it such that it makes a difference? I fear many times we have been so separated that we're separated to the salt shaker that we're not making a difference. So we may need to ask ourselves, What do I need to invest my life in that will put me in touch with people so that I can be the salt God wants me to be? Be in contact with the world and never quit. Vance Havner, who's been mightily used of God, says, We are the salt of the earth, not the sugar. And our, men, our ministry is to truly cleanse 
not just to change the taste. Too many Christians live their lives inside their heads, and it never gets out through their hands and feet and lips. Salt must be brought in close contact with whatever it is meant to affect if it is to do any good. We must be willing to be rubbed into the decaying carcass of an unregenerate society. Do you, let me read that again. We must be willing to be rubbed in the decaying carcass of an unregenerate society. You know what we do? We sit in the, in the salt shaker and look out at the decaying, rotting, stinking meat and said, Isn't that disgusting? How can they be like that? Not understanding we're the same way, but by the grace of God. He said, most of us are content to sit on Sunday in our little salt shakers far removed from a needy, lost humanity. A box of garden seeds looks very attractive with its pretty colored packages, but those seeds must be emptied from the pretty packages and put into the dirt in the earth and die and come up again if we are to have anything to eat. Christians look pretty enough in church on Sunday morning, but except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. You know, when you look at this aspect, you are the salt of the earth. It really ends up pointing back at us. We really can't point at the rotting meat. It's not the meat's fault. They're doing what comes naturally. They need to understand and be exposed and come in contact with the salt. And who is the salt? We are as believers. And if someone hadn't, through whatever means, brought the effect of working salt in your life, we would still be lost in our sin and we still would be condemned. And Jesus said to these that he's instructing these principles, he said, I want you to have this character, and now go, 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 go. Go start salting the earth. And they did it. And they were persecuted. And it was like God used the persecution to shake the salt shaker over here to Asia Minor. And then they're persecuted there. And he sent them over here. But they were doing what God wanted them to do. See, our responsibility, someday we're going to answer to God. How salty were you? Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would help us to understand the grave responsibility and the delightful pleasure that we have to be the salt of the earth. First of all, Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that has never called upon you for the forgiveness of sins, I pray today that they would call upon you and know the effectual working of your blood for the forgiveness of our sin and the making us salt in this world. 
Then, Lord, I pray for every believer here. I pray that we would be the effect that you want us to be. Lord, that that we would be an instrument that is in love with you, that is separated unto you first and foremost, that is creating a thirst and bringing out the the flavor of life and showing the goodness of you, and Lord, that is showing others the reality of life in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that we would see the opportunities that you give us to touch people's lives and, and that we would make a difference. And Lord, I just ask that your power would be seen as we become the salt of the earth that you want us to be. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're here today as a believer. You say, I know Christ as my personal Savior, but God has challenged me that I need to be salty. There are steps of actions. God has burdened my heart. I wish you would remember me in prayer. Would you just slip up your hands that we could pray for you? Amen. I need to be salty. You're here today and you'd say, I am not sure I am a Christian. I am not sure my sins are forgiven, but I'd like to be sure. Could Would you just raise your hand that I could pray for you today? Is there any while we wait just a moment? Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would minister your truth in every heart. Lord, those that have already sensed the working of your Spirit in giving them specific steps of action to be the salt that you want us to be, Lord, may they know your grace uh, empowering them. I pray that you'd give them courage to take whatever step is necessary. And Lord, I pray that you'd give them joy in their walk with you. I pray if there are any that don't know you, that today... They would be brought to know you even before they leave here, that they'd mention it to someone. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this great privilege to represent you in this needy, needy world. May we be faithful in it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.